Welcome back to Unlicensed Therapy. I am looking at this camera today because mixing it up. Why not? Today we have the incredible Jeremy Piven on the show. I think you are going to like it. He tells a lot of good Hollywood stories. So if you are interested in television and cinema and movies, this guy knows. He is a thespian, as I call him throughout the show. And I, I do mean that. He is. It was very cool. Thank you, Jeremy, for doing the show. Uh, guys, no new Apple Podcast reviews this week. So if you leave an Apple Podcast review, that's five stars. I will read it at the intro of next week's episode. But without further ado, I hope you enjoy the episode with Jeremy Piven. JP. We're friends. Friend. No, we're friends. We're good friends. We, we really are. We're, I mean, dude, we go for, way back. For this town, we're good friends. <laughs> yeah. No, no, yeah. seriously. We've, you, we met, I would say about a minute and 18 seconds ago. Uh-huh. And we walked upstairs together. That's friends. No, that's really close friends. <laughs> if I meet someone yeah. and they're like, "Oh, do you watch Entourage?" Oh, you know, that's my boy. Jeremy Piven, Ari Gold. That's dude. It's we've... not. It's not Piven. It's Piven. <laughs> oh, <laughs> man. Sure, you know, I, I think we're off to a good start. That was because I... <laughs> uh, I messed it up out of nerves, not because no. I didn't know. I knew it was Piven. Do I, I need knew. to take over the hosting seat? Well, you Jeremy seem to be Piven. more qualified, man. So let's go. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, how I first uh, heard about you is when I was uh, maybe. 16 years old, I was taking mm -hmm. a college at uh, I was taking a college course at a junior college in San Diego where I'm from. And I'm like, I'm Ari. I introduced myself to class. Hey, I'm Ari. And someone goes, like Ari Gold. And I'm like, what? <laughs> and they're like, the show Entourage. And I've right. never seen it. And then I watched it and I was like, oh, this show is awesome. Thank you. And yeah, well, now you're named, your name is like, there are dogs all over the world named Ari now. <laughs> It's really exciting. Yeah, yeah, and it's all thanks to you. Appreciate it. Well, well no, no I guess the writers of the show. It's Doug Allen. Yeah, it's or Doug or Allen. It's, or who's the guy? Ari Emanuel. Ari Emanuel. Really, that's who it's. There you go. It's really after. And Mark Wahlberg. And Mark Wahlberg. And then, that's or I'm sure you know that was your big claim to fame, I guess. But mm. you had done so much stuff. But you were such a good actor that you kind of blended in. But then after watching that show, I'd go back and watch old school and all these other movies I watched, and I'd see you. And then that was when I was like, oh, I know him from a hundred things. Wait, so that wasn't the first thing I've ever done? <laughs> no, it was. It was I, I, I won the Fresh Face of the Year Award at 37 years old. And when I accepted it, I said, there's nothing fresh about my face. <laughs> <laughs> nothing. Did that kind of, does that, did that piss you off a little bit? Or are you just, there, there are is, you humble and you're like, whatever, I'll take it? I'm not humble. Um, <laughs> 
But no, you nothing can piss you off. I used to um be reactive and you 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 know more than anyone because you're a licensed psychiatrist <laughs> um that you know if you if you are reactive and and uh sensitive like that it's just it's just not no fun yeah. and it's no fun to be around True. No, no one really wants to be around that person agreed you know so yeah i was really no um was there a phase though where you were kind of bitter about it and that um, you had to get past or were you always just hey this is this is my life i'll be cool with it you know that stuff to me is just funny because listen the reality is no one's supposed to know your journey mm -hmm. you know um so no that didn't piss me off it was confusing when the moment i became famous like things started changing like i remember um doing this interview with this woman at this magazine um i talked about being from chicago and i grew up in this incredible theater family and I'm very close to my parents and I, I run lines with my mom to this day and um and we just talked for hours and it was just an incredible conversation and i was like man that was a really good interview thank you so much the headline of the interview was <laughs> hide your daughters <laughs> <laughs> i was like wait I, I thought it was a joke i remember i got what I, I i i got you know the it was the, the onion <laughs> yeah, I was like, yeah exactly i was like oh no this is amazing where's the actual piece oh no that's it that's hide your i'm sorry wait, why why would they what's going on and you know you're starting to navigate this space as well. It's like, you know, people, I'm amazed that anyone falls for it because it's just a thousand percent a business. That's all it is. Uh -huh. Can we get them in? We want to be first. We don't care about being right. What's that salacious headline? Clicks, clicks, that's clicks. That's it, baby. And um, so that's really, so that, and I had no idea. This was, I, was this the first time something like this happened to you? No, you're I, like, I, wow, Hollywood. No, the, no, the first time was like, that was, that was like, it was, and by the way, it happened as soon as my name was fit to print. That's, that's the variable. And I remember I was out to dinner with my mom and, um, we went out afterwards and, and it, we, we just, it was just great seeing her, um, you know, grew up in Chicago, very tight knit family. And, um, the next day the headline was that I was yelling at my mother so violently that um, uh, people had to leave the restaurant and I'd been, I'd been banned for life from this restaurant. And, and my mom goes, my mom goes, what did I miss? And I go, nothing, mom. This, she goes, I don't, she, I don't understand. And so I had to break it down. You have to understand my mom's generation. Like, She's a normal person. She goes, what is this? And she goes, well, no, well, how could how could any publication do this she just didn't understand so it was like our first introduction to oh okay it's the wild wild west okay the game is rigged got it and all they have to do is edit the the article right like a, they could edit the article three days later and go no you don't understand you don't understand i called the guy that that manages the restaurant and he rang up the publication and said um i've checked with all my servers and everyone and you know, we love Jeremy. He's a local. Yeah. Uh, he hasn't been banned for life. Um, he's, he's, he, tips like he, shit, but hey, he yeah. did not yell at his mom. Yeah. No tipping, <laughs> pivot. Hey, motherfucker ain't shit. Um, 
no. And they were like, no, we have a reliable source. And it's just the way it is. Anyway, I don't know why I got it, off on this tangent. But that's interesting, though. It's ridiculous. Is, is that because the character Ari became such a, a household name oh. in the zeitgeist that you, as the person, just ended up kind of the press and by the embodied? Way, by the way, the headline of this interview will be, Piven thinks he's an easy target because he played uh, high-profile, reactive, oh, type absolutely. A, douchebag, Hollywood. Oh, yeah. oh and I'll think of an even douchier article title to do from Let's, this. That's no. awesome, man. Yeah, I'm a real yeah. go-getter. Clickbaity. One, one time I was went to a celebrity golf tournament when I was a kid in San Diego. It was called, I don't remember what it was called, but it was a celebrity. And Carlton from Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, Alfonso. Oh, Ribera. Ribera. Yeah. And I'll never forget this. He was super chill off camera or off the course, and we were eating at a table together because I had my my uncle owns a local newspaper in San Diego, so I somehow got this VIP pass on the course. Someone said, "Hey, do the Carlton dance," yeah. which I'm sure he gets all the time and probably yeah. is annoying, but you'd think he'd be used to it by now. He yeah. freaked out. Oh. He was like, "My name's Alfonso. I'm not doing your dance <gasps> on the course in front of." Tons right. of people on cameras, and I was like, okay, yeah. all right. That's wild. Jeremy, did you ever have, like, gay Asians coming up to you after Entourage saying, yell at me? I wish, man. That sounds amazing. <laughs> right? <laughs> um, no, but, but like, people do want me to yell at them. And whenever I meet someone, they go, are you stoned? What's wrong with you? Just because right. I'm not my resting state, you know, I'm a human being. Mm -hmm. uh, and... Um, so I'm not, I had to, you know, whip myself up into a frenzy to play that character. And it was really fun. But yeah, people, you'd be surprised. They say they want to be yelled at. But the reality is, it's like, I, you know, like, do you really want to be yeah. around a douchebag? I know you think it's adorable, but you don't actually want no, it. exactly. You don't want it. And, and watch this transition. I've been doing stand-up, and as you know... The audience may want you to go off on them, but it's a fine line mm -hmm. between going in on them and losing them. Mm -hmm. Totally. And believe me, I've not found I have not found it. <laughs> <laughs> and the hard part is people also, a lot of people would love to say, Oh, I met that guy and he's a douchebag. Oh, it's great. They story. would much rather do that than say, Oh, I met him, he was awesome. He mm -hmm. was so, he was just a normal guy. They right. would much rather go, I met him, he wasn't that cool. But the superpower is and we all know those people that have mastered this to not give a shit. Yeah. And easier said than done. Mm -hmm. And that's part of Do our journey. Do you read comments on the internet? Um, I, you know, I. I finally stopped I, for myself, I, but. It's funny. I ran into Jeff Ross and he was like, hey, you know, so and so has been taking all these shots at you. Why don't you take any shots back? I and think I, I know who he's talking and about. I, and I go, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> uh -huh. Right? And he goes, what do you mean? I go, I, I, and he goes, come on, man. I go, no, no, I don't. Because I'm such a caveman. I literally, with technology as a joke, so I turned off my notices and didn't even know. And it, so ignorance is bliss. Totally. I have no idea that I, that so many people hate me. Well, I, I think, think we, I'm a, a viciously mediocre piece of shit. <laughs> I have no idea. And by the way, it's amazing because I can live in my own delusional state. Right. Well, I'm it's, glad you brought this up because I was going to bring this incident up specifically. So after he said that, because I think we could, let's just say who it is. Yeah, sure. It's, he's a friend of the show. Three, Not two, saying one. I'm cool with what he's posting about you, but Earl Skakel. Earl Skakel. Earl Skakel is who, who we're talking about also, here, I think. Also Big Jew? Or no? No, I I don't think Earl's Jewish. Oh he's, no, he's from the Kennedy he's lineage. A, he's, he's from the Kennedy family. So he's, yeah, he's hung out at the comedy store for two decades yeah. and gets late night spots. 
I like him, but I'm not I'm not cool with his shit talking about Jeremy on Twitter. No, same. But so after Jeff Ross brought that to your attention, did you then look it up or are you still ignorance is bliss? Didn't didn't even go check it, it out. Here's what's funny is um not only do I not really know who he is, <laughs> but um I didn't check it out because you just have to understand why why would you why would anyone what? Put, you know, put their attention towards something like that. It just, it's not, it doesn't. It's not healthy. It's it, not it isn't at all. Yeah. It isn't at all. And it's funny when I mentioned that to Jeff, who part of his living is made, you know, uh, being confrontational. Mm -hmm. um, I said, why would I spend my time being negative and going back and forth with him? Mm -hmm. And it makes sense. It does make sense. But I was just basically shitting on what he does mm -hmm. unbeknownst to me. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Because he's the master. He's the roast master. Right. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> you know what I mean? And he's brilliant at it. He mm -hmm. really is brilliant. Um, I love playing. I love playing a character like that for 10 years who is a master at, you know, being an equal opportunity offender and, and being horrible, but somehow still likable mm -hmm. and riding that fine line. And, and I love playing that character. I, I In real life, it, it's just not interesting to me to look for your flaws right. and go in on you. It just, it's just not, it, it, nobody wins. I agree. And and a lot of people, they want to do that with me. And I, I just, it's not like. That's not a fun thing to do. I don't think so. I th Even Jeff Ross, I'll say he does it on roast. He doesn't just pick random people and shit on them. As far as no. I know, he's not just attacking people on the internet. And I think, you know, uh, again, I like Earl, but I think he's doing it because you're an easy target because you started stand up after you, you after you were a household name, and he's just trying to you know ride that wave, kind of trying to get a little press from it, a little following from it. But it listen, is what I, it is. I've loved I've loved my journey because, um, you know, I I I can speak about stand up because I I threw myself in. I I learned it doesn't matter that I've been on stage since I was eight years old and then I come from Second City and I'm, mm -hmm. you know, I've done sketch comedy my whole life and I've been improvising and rewriting my own scripts and blah, blah, blah. That doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. The reality is you're you're up there alone with a mic mm -hmm. and you have to bring it. And yeah. um, the first time I ever did it, I was doing this charity event because I have a huge heart. Don't, don't <laughs> yeah. worry about it. With, with Russell, with, and a good accountant. Indeed. <laughs> That's a tax write-off. <laughs> exactly. So they're like, um, why don't you co-host with Russell Peters? Well, as you know, Russell Peters is almost no one does crowd work better than Russell Peters. Right. He's a legend. And so I went, oh, my God, I'm going to get crushed. You know what I mean? So um, it's at the Laugh Factory. And so I just prepared and, and just tried to, even though I'm an improviser and that's my background, I was like, he's on another level. You know, I, I'm smart enough to know my limitations. But you're also clearly a funny guy. I mean, you've done enough roles. You've been in enough comedies. You, like you said, you were in Second City. You, there's people who have a funny bone in them, and you definitely have that. And that's a that's You wouldn't a have a element. funny bone in your body if my <laughs> dick was in your ass. Um, that was a, actually a terrible thing. That's not even my joke, by the way. That's someone else's. Mm. And from Jeff Ross's, I just stole someone else's joke. We do it all the time. That's you right. do? Yeah, that's my whole act. See, I don't have a funny bone, so I take other people's <laughs> I shit. I think we found the clickbait for this episode. There you go. Yeah. Thank God. Jeremy Piven steals joke. <laughs> so the, so that's how I got hooked on stand-up was um, preparing some bits. 
for a charity event. Because I just knew that Russell's going to go off on people, turn it on me, and I'm going to have to in real time navigate that. And it's just such a different – doing crowd work is almost – you know, it, it unless you vlog the hours, there's almost no way to crush it. Mm-hmm. So, so that's how I got hooked was I'd prepared these bits and then – when they work, as you know, you're like, wait a minute, this is incredible. The feeling is yeah, like high. like no other. Right. And I'm like, wait a minute, let me just let me just keep trying this. And so, you know, I would go to the dime with Adam Hunter and perform for three yep. people and and just get just bomb horribly. You remember the first time I get up, you know, it's you're on an Apple box, there's a pin light, hidden, <laughs> you can't see anything. You know what I mean? And there are a couple of comics in the back that are angry that you know, why are you taking their spot? And I totally get it. Two people are there. They're waiting for the DJ. And, you know, it's 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 heavy lifting. Yeah. And I got up there. I said, you guys are probably wondering what I'm doing up here. And some dude goes, yeah, what the fuck are you doing here, man? <laughs> and I was like, it's so good to be back here <laughs> at, that, at the happiest place on earth. And so it's places like that where, no, I didn't schlep around the country for 12 years to, to work up three minutes. But I have been on stage for 40 years. Yeah. Um, and I, you know, was doing 250 shows a year to figure out how to navigate the space and getting up at the dime and eating shit and owning the feeling that not only am I bombing, but I'm bombing so badly that I maybe I've never been funny. And you start doubting, <laughs> right. like, like never. Totally. Like maybe, maybe mm-hmm. like I've been getting courtesy giggles for decades and then you <laughs> and then you want to crawl back into the womb and it's right. it's a disaster so those moments are if you can somehow not run off stage you're gonna benefit yeah, you kept going back but that first time you did it so you caught the bug yeah how'd that set go when you followed russell peters was i didn't it, follow no no i didn't follow him i was on stage with him oh God, it was yeah. like being a stand-up with training wheels like and you're with dad yeah, yeah. and dad's <laughs> yeah. the best in the game you were riffing, I mean? riffing with. It's Russell. like your dad is Brett Favre, and, yeah, and yeah. he's you know throwing you how to showing showing you how to throw. Yeah. But that's uh, when you were like, I kind of want to do this. Not I kind of want to. Oh, yeah, I'm I was, doing this. I was like, this is magical because when you're doing sketch and or you know you're in a group and 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 you're in it together and it's amazing and it's like being a in a band. But if you could somehow navigate that space alone and so I, you know I'm humbled by it. I love it. I respect it. And I just want to figure out a way to get better. And that kind of, that's what I've been doing. And now I can see how challenging it would be, uh, for certain standups who are also actors who are trying to juggle it all. Because like, I just wrapped this movie where I'm playing a, just a horrible racist. The <laughs> oh, other, wow. That yeah. sounds, fun. sounds amazing. Yeah, yeah. Look at my Jewish ashes. You know, if you can still I see that. that. I, was, that's not real. I don't think Irish pride on a Jew's neck <laughs> is real. No, no, I've got a bunch of strange, horrible tattoos. Um, doing this movie with uh, with Terrence Howard and and Malcolm McDowell and, and Justin Chadwick. And You're back, movie. baby. Yeah. Acting, back acting. Yeah, yeah, indeed. And so it's very. I, I can see why it would be so challenging for the Kevin Hart's. I'm not, you know, I don't have a celebrity space shuttle. I'm not a billionaire not yet, like Kevin not Hart. No, yeah. not yet. You're on your way. Indeed. But I mean, just in terms of like, you look at them and go, wait, wait, why don't they have more time? It's like, it, it's just, as you guys know, 
to be good at stand up, you have to be all in, yeah, and mm -hmm. nothing else, and you just got to be grinding all the time, and so that is is the new challenge. And now, even just five weeks on a set in New Orleans, and I feel like I have to start all over again. Right? Yeah, it comes back, but yeah, you're not growing during those five weeks at how, all. How often, when you're in town, just doing stand up? How often are you getting on stage? Uh, as much as I possibly can, I've been doing, I know I've been listening to your other podcasts. I'm not just trying to kiss your ass, but wow. I know, you know, Mark and those guys have been doing, you know, Supernova and out, mm -hmm. outside with the Houston brothers yep. and Mark Saratella and all those gr great mm -hmm. guys. And, and I, I've been, you know, uh, getting up and doing that theater in the round, that Cirque du That's Soleil. That's so fun. I think it's the best show in L.A. Yeah. It's, it's I really, a, it's, Supernova it is. is so awesome. It's go amazing. check it it's out if cool you're vibe. listening and you're in L.A., Supernova Comedy. Tons of hot chicks go, too. Yeah, a lot of yeah. hot chicks. I got a couple DMs after the show, and I was like, yes, this is the show I want to be doing. I'm going to get a girlfriend one day. And yeah. for, for me, it feels like I'm cheating because it's in the round. And so it's like theater that I'm used to. Right. I, like, feel really at home. I'm like, oh, my God, I, I love this space. Feels like I'm back in Chicago. I got demons and I could use some more therapy. I've done it before. I need to get up to date with it. I know it's helped my parents with their marriage. It's helped some of my best friends. The comedian that you like the most is probably in therapy. Most comedians I know are in therapy. I even know a comedy club that has an in-house therapist for their comedians. That's how many comedians need it. Over 50% of Americans struggle with their mental health. It is nothing to be ashamed of, especially right now as we're getting back into the world out of this COVID stuff. It gives me anxiety just thinking about it. Socially, career-wise, you're getting out there. Your whole life is getting back to normal. It's stressful. Talk to people about it. Not your friends, not your family. They, I mean, it's good to have friends and family there for you, but you want an outside perspective from a licensed therapist that is trained to help you. Talkspace.com. They will match you up with a licensed therapist. And right now, when you go to Talkspace.com and get $100 off your first month with the promo code ARI, A-R-I, that's $100 off your first month when you use code A-R-I, ARI at Talkspace.com. They will match you up with a licensed therapist, whether that's couples therapy, your own therapy, there's no shame in asking for help, and Talkspace.com will help you all online. Very convenient, very easy. Check it out. I think we used to go up together at the the dojo. You remember that fucking oh, hell? Oh, Sam you remember that? By the way, I, I could never crack that space. I it, could never do it. Was well. a tough one. It was a tough I could one because there, well there were rarely times. I think the show that I was on with you was the only time that I saw it packed. There was usually eight, you know, drunken fat chicks from the Midwest in there. But uh, it, I remember just watching you, and I'm like, you're very physical. You're moving a lot when you're up there. Is that still the case? Yeah, I, I need to, to be honest with you, I, I still haven't figured that one out because I'm. Uh, that's where I love to go. And I haven't, because it obviously has to fit in organically to whatever mm -hmm. bit you're doing. Right, it can't right. be just for the sake of doing sure. it. It's got to be, how do I tell the story in the best way possible? Okay, I'll add this physical bit right. to show them. And so, I, to be honest with you, I wish I did it more. Right. Um, I, I don't know which show you saw, but I, I never remember doing, I've never done well there just because I don't know what it is about that space, but I remember one time learning the horrible lesson of never bring your dog on stage with you. I don't know if I brought, <laughs> I don't know. Oh, I wouldn't remember that Everyone shit, could dude. pull the Eliza Schlesinger. It's a tough, it's a tough. Would you bring your dog on there? Were you going to like incorporate it into your act? You know, throw it a ball? You know, it, it was a matter of, um, 
I, I, my little guy, I would take him everywhere with me and he was there and I, I, I was just, um, I was just, it was just a rookie mistake, mm-hmm. a rookie mistake that, that you have to eat it to learn it. And yeah. I brought him up on stage and then it's just like with acting, you know, WC Fields had it right. You know, you just don't want to act with animals or kids or whatever. They're going to, they're going to crush it and everyone's going to be looking at everything else but you and also you're gonna have to tailor your entire set around this dog so you better be ready to have like eight dog i've never tried that's a good point though it's kind of like wearing shorts on stage too if you crush with shorts okay fine but if you bomb wearing shorts you walk off feeling double oh yeah so you probably if you bomb with the dog you walk off going man i'm an idiot i just bombed and i have my dog so i look really stupid i would never be confident enough to to do almost anything in shorts. <laughs> well, so my dick's a, not big enough to to wear shorts. I've always been I had a complex that it doesn't look good in sweatpants or shorts. So I need to have you don't like have a, a good enough layer. bulge. I think it's no. it's yeah it's weird. I could go into it, but basically my my dick is fine, but my testicles are small. So oh. instead of my penis, my limp penis hanging all the way down, it juts out a little bit. So you can actually see the camel toe That's through cool. my in the dictionary. It's not that cool. I've had girls come up to me after shows like, dude, your act stunk, but your bulge fire and that's i'm like awesome. I, I don't want the, i don't want that though i want them laughing at the material call me a purist you know look at jeremy's like no no i mean that I just was, cracked no that here? was like one of the best humble brags i've ever heard about <laughs> that was genius they should study that because 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 the take it idea at the end was a woman came up and said nice bulge that's true so that's one of those you're celebrating yourself and you're being self-deprecating at the same time that was brilliant you're right oh uh, well done right. well but, done uh, it still hurt because i i had bombed that set and she comes up and goes nice and i was, I was like oh not everybody hated my jokes she goes bulge mm. and i was like oh dude right. what if before every set i started stuffing my pants and made a bigger <laughs> bulge that'd be pretty cool i think that's the move yeah that's the move yeah, it's, I'll try. You like I'll, Ben Stiller okay. and uh, I'm not uh, gonna do it every time, dodgeball? but I'm gonna try it for sure. See how it goes. Okay, it's worth it. If you I do mean, a big show and you really want a girlfriend, which I do, <laughs> that's one method. Seems, hey, if you get caught, it's gonna be embarrassing. But you're a comedian. Who cares? There you go. Yeah, you got nothing to lose, man. Go for you it. Play it off. I'll do it. Which so when someone asks you nowadays, probably this doesn't happen very often because you're a recognizable figure. But when someone doesn't know who you are. Yeah, and says, "Nice to meet you." What? Oh, what do you do? Yeah, what do you say? I I say I'm an actor. Actor, okay. Yeah, not well, actor. That... You wouldn't say, "Oh, I do comedy." Actor, most you're still identify as an actor. I mean, uh, yeah, I've been doing it since I was. I've been on stage since I was eight years old. Would so, you Would so you ever say where... I'm a thespian? Would you ever say that, or is that too? Is that kind of douchey? Um, you know, because I view you as a thespian. Well, well, because your your parents correct <laughs> correct me if I'm wrong. Your parents were acting teachers, correct? And like you said, you've been acting your whole life. Yeah. At that point, you know, plenty of people move to LA to be actors. Sure. But they're not actors Mm-mm. a lot of the times. No. They just want to be on cloud TV. chasers. And, yeah, they want to you know, be. You're hobbyists. an actual. You're an actor. You've been doing it your whole life. Yeah. You're a real actor. I mean that that certainly is never for me to say, but I think I think that's why we're all so into like sports and certain things because we see these guys and we we know that without sounding pretentious we know that they've made a lot of sacrifices to be as good as they are mm-hmm. that's just a that, you know there's no way that you can be in a cage fighting another man you know doing 
kickboxing, Muay Thai, Judo, Jiu Jitsu, everything. I, if you haven't dedicated your life to it mm-hmm. uh, and to be elite in that way. So we're kind of fascinated by like, oh, who's more elite? Who can rise to the occasion? So it's, it's fascinating in that way. Um, and so, yeah, I, I mean, that, that's being, first of all, it's a very funny, uh, pretentious word. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So, um, well, it's a put down. It's where I come from. Did it's he an say insult. fucking lesbian or lesbian? Like, but, you know? but the thing is, it all, it, you're right. It is. But at the same time, so many people call themselves actors that I don't want to call you just an actor because well, you meet some college graduate. Listen, that's that actually just moved a genius LA. way for me to celebrate myself. <laughs> well, you know, Ari, it's interesting because I've logged the hours. You have. Yeah, I have. But so what? Who cares? A lot of people have. Um, and I, I don't know. It's it's very interesting um, because these past few years, I've had no problem being the least experienced person in the room. I re- I'm not just saying that. Like, I'll take a note, you know, from from anyone and um just because anyone I'm doing stand up has been doing it longer than me. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So I'm I know I, I admire anyone that does it because it's it's it, you know, it 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 ta- it you have to really work to get good. There there are there are no shortcuts. Um yes, I do have other variables that allow me to be comfortable on stage because I've been doing it my whole life. Um, so for me to, you know, go up and and play these dive bars and and navigate that space and eat shit, mm-hmm. you know, um, it's it's been, I don't know. I, I, I mean, we could talk about it psychologically. Like, it feels good to be humbled a little bit. Um, I would say that it doesn't feel good, but ultimately it, it helps you to have some better perspective as a human being. Um, just, it, it just helps your evolution, if that makes any sense. Because no, when you're doing it, it feels like shit. Sure. And, yeah. and it's yeah. humiliating. What's the worst you've ever bombed? What's your, do you have a story where you're like, oh God, that was the most it's, painful uh, night of stand-up yeah, of my life? Yeah, I mean, it's it, it, the dime for sure. Um, I remember walking out of there and I got a call um, from the comedy, someone at the comedy store saying that uh, your my set had been canceled, and I literally thought it was because I, of <laughs> I, I, I bombed so badly in re, in real time that they were like, "No, you, there's no way you can get up." They were like, "There was a stabbing. There was a stabbing right outside on Sunset Boulevard." Oh, I remember this. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And I was like, "That's that's incredible. You're faking a stabbing <laughs> just just to not have me bomb on your stages." Um, but I remember like at one point Russell Peters was looking for me cause I was going to do a set that night. Um, and I was up in, in the attic just like running over my set and he came up and found me and just started laughing so hard just cause he just saw me going over it and over it and over it because in the beginning you want it all to feel improvisational and you don't know what your next bit is because it's a different form. Like yeah. I can memorize speeches and yeah. all that kind of stuff, but it's like, no, no, you got to memorize all the bit. It's just a different, it's the same engine, different gear. Right. You have to be in yeah. the moment and be doing jokes at the same time. So it's a little different than doing a speech because yeah, you might have to address someone dropping a glass or someone yelling something out. So yeah, there's that line. And you're trying to replace 
hours that have not been logged. Right. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So that's why it's kind of surreal. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think it's like, because you mentioned like your progression as a human being, because you seem like a very humble guy. You I'm know, not. For being, but you know, <laughs> but you're a good actor though. <laughs> <laughs> you're a good actor then. Do you think, did you, because you became so famous for a while, you know, during and just after Entourage, did you feel like you might've like lost your way ever? Did you, did you ever think like, God, I'm like, I'm getting too big. Did, like, did you feel ego taking over? And do you think doing stand-up is part of kind of what kept you grounded and like keep working, you know, and, and pushing towards the next challenge? Great question, first of all. Um, but you have to understand, um, I had been working my whole life and my adult life. And then in my late 30s, um, got recognized for hard work. Right. You know, I didn't see it as anything other than, oh, yeah, you've been at this for a while. So, right. So uh, well done. Well done for staying with it. For sure. For me, it was more like well done for, for not right. quitting. Right. You know what I mean? It wasn't. You paid your dues. In that arena, for sure. Yeah. Um, I like gross point blank, Jeremy, personally. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's, I mean, that's. that's uh, a Funny a, role, though. Great role that that is an example of my career that role um first of all uh, gross point blank is is one of the few true dark comedies mm. where you know you're watching a movie that has dramatic weight and then is also really funny it's just yep. a, it's a great great romp um and that like the other 40 movies i did before entourage um you know it's basically one one line and you have to understand like I've been putting my ego aside professionally my whole life. So there's never a role that's too small ever because I learned very early on, you take a role with one line and you come prepared and you've written a bunch of other stuff and you're ready to improvise and you know who your character is and you know how you can contribute and blah, blah, blah. And then, you know, gross point blank, that's just me and Cusack improvising. And um, I was in the middle of, I was a series regular on Ellen her sitcom, not her oh, TV show. Yeah. Missed that one. Yeah, me too. I mean, no, I was there. I was there. I was there. I was there. How many seasons did that come? Uh, 116 seasons, I think it was. <laughs> um, so, so yeah, I, t I took a break from that to, to do Gross Point Blank with John, who's, who's genius and, yeah. and, and help write that. And he and I had been friends since we were eight years old, starting at the Piffin Theater. Oh, wow. Had, we, we had our wow. own th theater company called The New Criminals. And we, we did... <laughs> We we premiered Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas as a stage play. My mom got up and left uh, the closing night. Uh, I mean, imagine I'm playing I'm playing Hunter Thompson's attorney Hector Zeta Acosta, and I'm peeking on five sheets of high power blood or acid on stages naked in Chicago. And my mom left, and I was like, "Where'd you go?" She goes, "Watching you on stage was like watching someone uncork an uncorked bottle. It was very difficult to watch. You know what I mean? Thanks, I was mom. literally yeah. pulling the, the set down with Are me. Are there uh, pictures of that? I'm could, sure. Could pull up right here. Oh, there's Jeremy's Sorry, penis. Sorry, hold on. Here's I should Jeremy. bad bad producer. I <laughs> no, should no, have no, that no. <laughs> That sounds not like something no. But that by need the way, see. also you don't want to pull up those pictures because <laughs> I yeah. It's well, a, those would be illegal. We get I think we get fed time for that. You have You're a pretty underage. good body though, right? You take care of yourself. I take care of especially myself, especially back then too, probably. Um, yeah. In your younger days, you probably you were. I imagine you as a chiseled man. In your I 20s. wouldn't say chiseled. Um, no, I. I 
I can't talk about my own body. That would be the one most awkward. But you have no problem. I have no problem. It. No, have I have a shitty body. So imagine the ego that takes. I don't know your body now. You're wearing a jacket and a t-shirt. Have you yeah. ever had a six-pack? Do you have a six-pack? Have you ever had one? Uh, I, you know, I've got a kind of a Jewish four-pack. I don't even know what that means, but it's just a Jew pack. Jew pack? Yeah. I got a Jew pack. That's nice. pretty good. That's pretty, I'll t I'd like a four-pack. Jew, Jew pack Shakur. If I had a six-pack, I would get a sleeve of tattoos to go along with it. I would embrace it. No, but it. see, I'm, yes. too, I'm too old for any of that. What's yeah. the cutoff age for tattoos, by the way? You're it's, young. How old are you? You're I'm 31. And I think the cutoff's gone away. Anybody yeah. could have tattoos now. There was a time where, yeah, if you're too old with tattoos, you're like, okay, come on, man. But that's gone. I think that's yeah. Because old Stallone, I think, is he's in his mid seventies. Yeah, he and, could pull it off. Yeah, he yeah. he got them. You know, probably late sixties, but he's ageless. Yeah, he's yeah, he's he, a legend for sure. I I would say maybe he maybe that is too old, mid seventies. Ah! I think that is a little too old. What are you doing, guy? It's like for what. You know, but I had a shoulder replacement, and so what I did was I basically put it over. I got it out of the time. I'm sorry, what? <laughs> I can't understand you. This question is from uh, JT from Chad and JT. Chad okay. goes deep, and he wants to are know we live what it was like. <laughs> we are amazing. No, we're not. That's amazing. He, he called me with a question ahead of time. Oh, okay. And he wants to know about your experience with Judgment Night oh. and how it was acting with so many big personalities and so many stars and all that. Oh my God. Uh, it was amazing that, you know, there I am in Chicago um, and I got a movie. It was my first big movie. Um, I'd been in other stuff, but this is like, you know, universal, big movie. Um, this is the biggest thing you had ever done at the time. So you were well, stoked. Yeah. You got, you know, Emilio Estevez mm -hmm. and, and Cuba Gooding Jr. and Dennis Leary and Everlast and this dude from <laughs> nothing. Um, and. Uh, I, you know, I'm living in Chicago. We're shooting in Chicago. Uh, it was amazing. It was the soundtrack was really kind of groundbreaking in the way that they took heavy metal and rap and put it together. It was a little ahead of its time, and it was a great premise. And um, yeah, it was it was a blast. I loved it. It was it was a lot of fun. Um, we, a bunch of white dudes in an RV get caught on the south side of Chicago. And to be politically correct, you know, it was just a group of Irish thugs, mm. you know, on the south side of Chicago, which is interesting. And um, <laughs> sure, that tracks. Hey, demographically, that tracks. I'd watch it. There you go. And um, and first day on set, we're in this huge um, RV, and we're getting helicopter shots, and we pull off the off the uh, Lakeshore Drive, and there's no brakes. And I thought he was kidding. And we're all in that thing, and we just slam into a sea of cars. And we were all okay, oddly enough, somehow. This was an actual accident. Correct. Wow. Yeah. There was no brakes. There were not working brakes in the car. Because you were it was just kind of like jerry rigged, huge RV. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, it was a trip. It was a trip, man. And, you know, I, you know, unbeknownst to me, I mean, Leary's an old school stand up. No it, shit. It, it would have been. Oh, Dennis Leary. He, was, yeah. he played the villain in the movie. Yeah. Dennis oh, Leary, shit. Yeah. Which is pretty okay. crazy. So you had been, you've acted your whole life. So you've been around famous people probably forever. Mm -hmm. Have you ever been starstruck? Is there anyone now who you'd be starstruck around where you're like, man, that's my hero? Is there any, yeah. Do you have a memory of being it, well, really you know, nervous to meet certain people? It, it's interesting. I had been doing, co-hosting Mike Tyson's podcast. 
Um, and and sitting with Mike Tyson as he peeks on you know handfuls of of mushrooms, <laughs> and, and 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 being asked to be the adult in the room. You didn't do it, the mushrooms. I didn't, um, and I should have. <laughs> Uh, I was just too scared that I wouldn't be able to to guide whatever this is, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know. And we had Bill Burr on, and I'm not just saying this, and it sounds like such a I'm such a pussy saying it, but I'm such a huge fan of his. Just not only is he, you know, he's a brilliant stand up, obviously, but he would just there's something very pure about about his bits in the way that you know that there are truthful coming from him not worried about the ramifications he's speaking the truth as he knows it he's tackling this you know hot topics he's a white dude and and he's going in and he's being brilliant and funny and and revealing the truth and i was intimidated as fuck interviewing him and it's it's you know uh and so i i kind of was viciously mediocre on this <laughs> podcast because I was just like, fuck, man, this is, I've just watched his bits and, you know, and I'm, and Tyson just peeking on mushrooms. <laughs> right, I mean, right. So, and at one point- You have a lot going through yeah, your head. I'm yeah. just trying to, yeah, I'm like, you know, so it was a weird combination of, holy fuck, I got to keep Mike on track here and I'm also intimidated. So it was just a weird combination of not being fully present. Yeah. yeah. And I'd be more intimidated by Mike Tyson, that guy. Uh, could you He's think you guys think you could beat beat up Mike Tyson or get him in a fight if he was out of his mind high on mushrooms? And you, you think you could go no. one around with Tyson at no. his age right now? No, no let, way. Let, let me, I think I could. No, you could let not. Me, let me just give you a little <laughs> let me give you a little perspective, okay? I because I was at the not trying to name I was at the um I was at the Tyson ranch last night at his at his spot, right? Over by and, the beach, right? Or, yes, yeah, indeed. Yeah. El Segundo. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, 848 West No. <laughs> uh, and I'm sitting with, with Raphael, who um, holds the pads in the midst for him, and Kelvin Gaslam, and, and, and a whole host of others. He trains all the top MMA guys, you know, and he's seen it all. Right. And he currently holds mitts for Mike. And on the, I just, you know, was having a private conversation with him, and I just was curious. I was like, who hits the hardest? And he said, without a doubt, it's Mike Tyson. I go, but right now, he said, right now, it's my 54-year-old Mike Tyson. He said he's never felt that power before. So respectfully, I say you're out of your fucking mind. Have you watched his last don't, fight? Don't, don't I, take a run at Mike Tyson I, right now. I, I, I will you do it that, for the, the views. Fight? I will do anything to get a little bump on the internet. Did you watch so. his last okay. pay-per-view? No. Where, oh, my God. He's he's just as scary as he's ever been. Wow. He is jacked. He, and Even on mushrooms, you could probably punch him 10 times as hard as you could, and it wouldn't phase him. Yeah, I I, re I redact my original statement, beat up. Um, could no. I last a round with no him? No fucking mushrooms. way, dude. He <laughs> would punch you one time anywhere on your body, whether it's your arm, your stomach, your and back, immediately be your head. Blood. You would immediately fall to the ground. Yeah. I mean, do you have a background in martial arts? No, I've been to prison, though. I've gotten into some prison fights. Really? Yeah, that's another story, but yeah. That's how I got into stand up, you know. That's but a, it was like a white collar. That crime, sounds like right? everyone's journey. It was. Uh, <laughs> that's how. How else Send do you no get? Into, you know. How else do you fight Mike Tyson? You go to prison and train. Uh, no, no, no. That wasn't white collar. It was drugs. But I got oh, in a fight right. with a big, with a big like skinhead dude. And I'm not saying he was Mike Tyson, but the dude had hands. Um, and as a tall, I'm six six. Oh wow. So I think if I could, I think if I. You know, and I can move a little bit. Oh. So I would try if it was a three minute round. Yeah, I would just try to, I don't know, hope that mushrooms would kind of take the anger out of Mike. You know what I mean? And maybe, I don't know, 
Maybe he'd say, I don't want to fight, man. I just want to love. And then three minutes would fucking, Here's the good news for you. Only good would come of it from this experience with Mike. <laughs> exactly. Because it, even it, if he you broke your ribs, though. even if he broke his jaw, that's all going to heal. But you sitting with Tyson with the sun coming up, <laughs> bonding with him. Yes. That's 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 worth it. That's worth it all for the that, story. That's w- what would happen, <laughs> right? You know, because he, he would, he, you know, basically, you know, my whole life, I just, you know, I, forgiveness is a bullet. It's powerful. It's very powerful. And I've come to terms with, you know, I'm a vegan. I lost a hundred pounds. I, you know, I'm a pacifist right now. And I love you. And I, I <laughs> you know, I love you. And, and you know, basically, I've done a lot of terrible things. You know, I went to prison. You know, not for doing something awful, but just for all my. I mean, you would just get it all. Right. You right. Get it all. He's a complete open book. Yes. He seems like a sweetheart. I'd like to just give him a big bear hug and just yeah. love him into his arms oh, yeah. and just maybe spend the night with him, maybe cuddle with him a little bit, but as friends. Why not? Do you think, I think we were going to ask this, not to take over hosting. No, movies, do it. But we were talking about, because you brought up, you know, Bill Burr being like a white guy. He's one of like really the last of the great white comics that just really says anything, just goes in, is unafraid. Do you think Entourage, the show, could get made today? Because it seems like one of the last... One of the last show, shows of an I era. I don't think it would. What do you? Well, here, here's what's here's what what's interesting is that at at a certain point, um, the business is going to have to recognize that they are a business, um, and take a look at what's actually selling because you know you there are things people want to be entertained, and they want to be lost in a story, and and they're gravitating towards things that they connect with regardless of how politically correct it is. And you look at Bad Trip on on Netflix, mm-hmm. which is so funny. So funny. Just genius. I mean, at one point, you know, he's with a silverback ape, and the silverback ape, <laughs> you know, relieves himself in his face. And, you know, there's certain things I hate. Spoiler alert, sorry. <laughs> um, You're giving away the ending. Sorry, it was, brother. It was really good. It was amazing. <laughs> yeah. And it was just great, brilliant hybrid. And and it was like, like an homage to Peter Sellers. It was just incredible. And, you know, that was number one for like a month on Netflix. It's like, you know, Tiger King. People wanted to see that. It blew up. Like the reality is um, at a certain point, you know, they have boards of directors to answer to. And like, what are your numbers? And I know you're trying to do things to check all these boxes. But at the same time, we need people to watch. Um Watching Ari Gold um, navigate this woke culture might be kind of fun. Mm. You know what I mean? Because he probably would have been canceled and you got to bring the band back together. There's so many different viable ways to navigate right. that. So I don't know the answer to that, but I know that people would, some people would want to see it. For sure. I want to talk about you did this movie PCU back in the day. Yes. And that's before it's time. That's way before it's time because I was alive then, but. I don't remember, barely, and I don't remember. Cancel culture to me is this new thing that's happened, but apparently it is not a new thing because that movie was in the 90s, right? It was, but uh, people didn't have the weight and power that they do today because of the internet. Right. But it was a similar sentiments for sure. But so you've been kind of, yeah, ahead of the the game on this this stuff, it seems like. You've been aware of it for a long time after doing that movie, I would imagine. Yeah, you know, Zach Penn, who's genius, genius writer. There you go, PCU. Um, The great David Spade. Oh, wow. Killed it at the box office. Take it easy, my man. Kidding, man. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> Sorry. That's all right. No, it doesn't mean shit, though. I bet it's a fucking great movie. Uh, it's become a cult classic. Um, you know, we got George Clinton. I finally get him to play our our, our fraternity. Um, oh, wow. Yeah, and it, it, it was kind of the animal house of of my generation. But yeah, I mean, there's so many variables that go behind, like, you know, we don't want to take up time talking about why, why a movie can blow up. Yeah. I, you know, it needs, you need a lot of money to pr promote it and blah, blah, blah. And he has to get behind it and all, all that kind of stuff. Um, Back in the day, the cancel culture was from like the Christian right, usually. You know what I mean? Like back in the 80s and 90s, it was like, this person isn't Christian. This <laughs> yeah, is bad yeah, this, values. This is bad values. Yeah, exactly. And now nah. it's the opposite. Now it's, you know, the far left, you know, you can call them Marxists or just psychos or whatever. Now it's coming from them. So it's just like a swinging, it's just a pendulum yeah, but, swing. But it's so funny that like, if you think about it, not to be too simplistic, but any anyone who lives in this extreme, extreme behavior you can't be right. If you're unwilling to listen to someone else's point of view, that's it. Just be willing to like hear someone else out. I mean, find I, a common ground. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Just like, can we pot it? Nothing is black and white. And so, I mean, that's a whole other podcast. Yeah, that's for another, true. Yeah. Okay. This is going to be the most controversial question yeah. I ask you. Okay. Uh, speed the plow. Yes. You dropped out. Yes. People on the internet say you dropped out. Yeah. Because. You wanted, you just didn't want to do it. No, I'm a quitter. <laughs> I, I'm a coward. I'm a total coward. I'm not a real stage actor. Um, you, but you are, obviously. Yeah. You're an incredible thespian. We've discussed uh, this yes, earlier. Indeed. You are, you've been acting your whole life. You, yeah, that, that was, was it a real injury? Not it's only been what, enough time, right? You not, could you could answer this. Yeah, not only was it a real injury, but what 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 doesn't matter anymore is that um the, the fact that I, first of all, and we, we're going to get into a, a subject right here that no one even has a reference for. Um, <laughs> I, I was on Broadway 10 years ago, and we're in rehearsals, and I started, I, I'm not, I, don't, I don't have narcolepsy, but I started falling asleep in public. And I was like, this is scary. What the fuck is going on? I'd like wake up, and the director was talking, and I ended up going to the doctor. What's going on with me? They revealed that I had the highest level of mercury in my system that they'd ever seen. <laughs> and so they said, we need to chelate... We need to, you know, through intravenously, get get you pulled this mercury out of you. And they're like, it's going to take days and you'll be out for weeks. And I was like, I'm in the middle of rehearsal. So anyway, so I did, I, I chelated orally and not through needles and blah, blah. And I told everyone, look at, I'm going to drop. I don't know when, but I'm going to drop. I went four, four months on Broadway into a six month run, ended up dropping, ended up in the hospital. They ended up suing me because I didn't couldn't finish the last oh, I didn't two even months. Know that. Wow. Yeah, and I won. I went to court and I won, but no one printed that because of course that, not. No, because that's you know they sued me for four million dollars breach of contract. But the cardiologist showed up and goes, "Oh no, I examined this guy," and they said, "What'd you tell him?" He said, "I told him he have a he has a resting heart rate of forty seven. He has you know one hundred and sixteen <laughs> micrograms per liter, whatever of mercury in his system, and that he could die on stage." Die! I told him he could die on stage and have a heart attack because there's something wrong with this guy. Anyway, you put you put all that out there, and people are like, "Fuck that!" Yeah, you know that fucking white privileged bitch ass yeah. motherfucker ate too much tuna. Fuck that guy. <laughs> Fuck Ari Gold. You know what I mean? So that's that's the story. And so you know, it's just all part of it. Wow. 
that was that from is, tuna or salmon? I mean, it that's was a just, gang of no, fish. It, no, it was from the the uh, the leather in my Lamborghini. Uh, <laughs> I basically that would was that, that's what it was from. Did you have I, a Lamborghini? Is that real? I had no. This is a bit, motherfucker. <laughs> just fucking take a breath. I it basically I got a rash and I couldn't do it anymore. No, listen, I. I've been lucky enough to be a stage actor my whole life, and that was the dream. For an actor to be doing da David Mamet, who, you know, is is like a Jewish superhero. It, mm -hmm. was a it was a time in my life. And the reality was we were selling out every single night, you know, and it was incredible, but I was in, it was like- You're a, in pain. It was a nightmare. Damn. Imagine you're living the dream, and then also, so I kept trying to bring in guys because I knew I was going down to replace me, and people would watch me up there like, I'm not, I'm not following that. Fuck that. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, that's a long-winded way of saying yes, I'm a coward. <laughs> yeah, it's such. It sounds like a real big coward. Is there anything in your life that I could help you with? Because what you know, can't you help me with? I'm 31 years old. I'm 200 years old, and we've had very different life paths, and I feel like. Probably I'm similar. Were you bar mitzvahed? Yeah. Okay, so was I. We probably, mm -hmm. there's probably a lot of similarities. But mine was just a party because I am a bad Jew. You didn't, so you didn't read your Haftorah portion? Mm -mm. Or you I did, didn't? but they translated it to English words. Okay. And so I had no idea what I was saying and I read it uh, in English, if that makes sense. Like the Hebrew. Yeah, phonetically. Yeah, phonetically. Yeah. Okay. I I'm not that smart on that sense of life. That's all right. Um, yeah, we probably have a lot of similarities. I mean, I have a, I have a million, a million. I, I, the, the older you get, obviously, the more you realize that what you don't know. I, I acted with my mom recently. She played my mother in a movie in, in this movie called The Walk. That's so cool. And you know, we're playing these nineteen seventy four Boston Irish Catholic Southie generational racists mm -hmm. sure <laughs> and, and here we are eastern european jews a theater family so yeah was she stoked it was typecasting mm. <laughs> she was be i i i i filmed it all she was it was incredible and my mom was 91 years old she's, wow she's, that's so cool she's in a wheelchair and i got her on a plane and she crushed it it was just incredible and it was just you know what it happened by accident because I, I I do a bit about running lines with my mom, uh, just because people selfishly people don't know who I am. You sure. know, now you guys after spending a little time with me, oh yeah, that guy. Okay, I thought he was going to be an asshole, <laughs> but apparently he isn't. Who knew? Nice guy. <laughs> um, so that's one of the great things about stand up is you just speak your truth on stage, and I love it. And um, one of the things I talk about is to this day running lines with my mom. And what that's like, you know, because imagine all these characters that I play that are just the most foul mouth, you know, horrible cunts. And just imagine the things that I've said to my mom's face. So at one point, I just filmed the two of us running lines for this because I noticed as I'm running lines for the walk. Um, by the way, I'm going to have her on my podcast. I have a new podcast. You're going to cut this out, but don't. No, <laughs> I was watching the trailers, the trailers for it, the clips of it that you post on your Instagram, and you've had incredible guests and they're obviously yeah. those mo those were the best moments of the podcast but they were hilarious moments jamie fox tiffany haddish mark cuban mm -hmm. um yeah i i've i just thought i really as you guys know i just really want to talk to these guys and learn about them and so it's called how you live in jay piven and cast media and it, i've been having the time of my life it's incredible and i'm gonna 
I've been recording my mom, so I have enough that my mom, you know, because I don't think she wants to sit down with me in my podcast room. Really? I've... No, I'm just kidding. Of course <laughs> yeah, she does. Yeah. No, so the, the, the way that she got this role was I filmed, I noticed that not only, so one of the things when people get old, I think one of the reasons why they kind of, their spirit atrophies is because they're not connected to what they love. And my mom is this, you know, it sounds pretentious, but she's an artist. She teaches, directs. Um, she'd been my teacher my whole life and, and is, is an actress at her core. And so she just running lines with her is, you know, for someone in their nineties is a really great connection. It keeps her artistic juices flowing. So she would play the, she would, do running lines usually people are just you know saying their lines and they're just checking to see if you get them right but she was literally entering into the character and suddenly she's doing a boston accent and she's crushing it and i'm just like i'm just gonna film this so i just filmed it and i wanted the director to hear my accent and just to see the progress and blah blah and he hits me back immediately and was like oh my god your mom is killing it would she ever do it and i was like are you serious and I was like, let me ask her. And so I filmed her, like literally me telling her that the director wants her to hire her for this role. And I just thought my mom was over it. But, you know, you're never over it. If you're a creative type, mm -hmm. you always want to continue to try to to contribute. And she was thrilled and went out and did it with me and absolutely just slayed it. It was just really kind of amazing. And you'll look yeah. back at that footage forever, yeah. as long as you live, and be like, wow, my mom was awesome. It's yeah, inspiring, she, man. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, you know, you guys have logged all these hours as stand-ups, like, you know, at the end of your life, no matter what, that's in your bones. Mm -hmm. And no matter where she's at or her head is at, she got on that set and she locked in yeah. to this character and just crushed it. I was at the Laugh Factory uh, with, uh, I forget who I was opening for, but Sammy Shore walks in, Peter, uh, wow. Polly Shore's dad. And he was in his 90s, so old. Yeah. Uh, way too old to be doing stand-up, and he's there, and he walks in thinking he's just, I thought he was just there to check it out. He's like, who's the booker? How do I get on? And he was dead serious. <laughs> yeah, he, he was so to do old, some time. he was trying to get time. Oh. The laugh factor, I was like, it never ends. It never ends. It <laughs> never ends. <laughs> how can I get a spot, dude? Mm -hmm. Yeah. He's like, how do I get a spot? Because you're a thespian, would you mm. ever make out with a man on camera for the right role? And have, have you? Have you? Uh, I have not. Um... But yeah, that's that's you know going going back to my mother. That's a terrible transition. <laughs> um, you, you have know, made out with your mom. Yeah, I was gonna camera. say that's the next question. <laughs> and that's, no, and that's okay. My my point is, you know, you're playing these fictional characters. So no matter people are like how could you how could you say those things in front of your mom? She knows you play these characters with everything you got as authentically as possible. You don't ever judge your characters. Because by the way, no one is the devil in their own story. You know what I mean? So right. when you play a character, you're not, you're seeing him through his eyes, you know, and, and how, you know, how they see the world. You know, they're editing all this stuff and they're, you know, delusional, whatever, mm -hmm. but mm -hmm. you're just giving them all their integrity. And I am a straight man. I've never been with a man, although I do, Strangely, find you attractive. Thank you. Yeah, I was going to ask if you wanted to make out. I, I, that was you know what? This, this I have whole... a scene written. I have a gay scene written out. <laughs> Let's where commit, we play. man. Let's Could, do it. Are you a thespian? Could you do that I, for real? Right, right. Because you're big enough where you don't have to take any role. I imagine maybe you audition here and there, but most things you do, they probably just say, "Hey, would you do this at this point in your life?" Yeah, but they know who you are. They know what you do. But you know, I was literally in my closet. Another 
interesting transition. <laughs> with who? W well, with <laughs> with my recorder, um, auditioning the other day for you know, Shark Number Two in Baby Shark Electric Boogaloo. <laughs> so my point is like, you're never too old to audition, mm -hmm. right? Or or if you are, you're you're probably not working, right? Because that's the whole thing. It's like you if you want to create you got to put your ego aside mm -hmm. and by the way as you guys know you have to just not care to make yourself if you're worried about how you look and you don't want to look foolish then you're fucked are you, you're fucked are you making your own stuff like are you you mentioned you were writing you are a writer i mean you're doing you're writing stand-up but are you also writing you know scripts and for shows and television trying to get things made on that end on the producer end i, I am producing actively producing things right now i have something coming up with my sister that we're we're putting together um and something on the, the television side um i i've rewritten and you know writing my own, my own stuff for stand-up and all that kind of stuff but it's it i haven't as of yet if this tv thing goes i actively will be more of a of a, a part of the writing process yeah which i think is that's another fascinating thing about stand-up is I was surprised when I went back to acting how much it helped my performance. Yeah. I was kind of shocked because you're now coming at it from a different angle. And it, I thought, oh, I'm going to be rusty. But the reality is you've been logging all those hours performing. And so it was really interesting to see how one informs the other. Yeah. You know, and whereas... The, You'd be hard pressed to find any examples of any actor that's a prolific actor that has transitioned into stand up. You know, yeah. outside of Robin Williams, it doesn't really exist. But the opposite has been true, where stand ups have, have you know, sure. gone into acting and right. had careers. Oh, well, it yes. sounds like it sounds like that's your goal, though, is to be a great stand up, is to try to be one of them. I, I, that I actor that became a stand up. <laughs> yeah, he's like, take it easy. Yeah, <laughs> one of his no, goals. He, yeah, I mean, it, it would, I just want to get better. I know what, what it would, I, I have an idea of what it would look like to be better and I'm not there yet. Um, so I just want to get better, literally. Mm -hmm. That's, and I don't care what that looks like. Um, but I'm smart enough to know how hard it is. Right. I know my limitations and I know that, you know, there is no substitute for reps. Right. You know, I know all that. Right. I know that it's not a theory. Right. So you don't really have any career goals around it. You just want to be No, a I've never I never I've never had I've never been very organized. <laughs> Same. Or yeah. Or or had you know, uh yeah, to 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 have, you know, some sort of a concrete plan. I mean, maybe that's probably part of my problem. We probably all need a little Tony Robbins in our lives. I, I to know figure I do. Yeah. No, no look sad. at you guys. You got your own podcast. Thank you. This is all um, him. I know we're we're stretching time here a little bit, but I wanted to get a couple of things. So, do you have anything we could help you with, or that I could help you with? Um, I mean, literally, like, uh, you got something at your house. You got you any need issue, done. issues, and you're like, everyone's got problems. Even Jeremy Piven has problems in their life. I have a lot of problems. Are you kidding me? <laughs> but but I will say this to you guys: mm -hmm. This is going to sound so pretentious and ridiculous. Um. I do really believe that no matter where you're at, you can only benefit from meditation because what, what, 
What's the what's the tax on facing yourself, being alone, breathing, quieting oh, your mind? Sounds hard. It does. Yeah, it does. That's scary. But you're the only one it's hard for. Yeah. For totally. the rest of us, it's all easy. Oh, wait, yeah. no. It's hard for all of us. Yeah. Yeah. I, I Just the idea of, you know, I love when people are like, no, I can't do it, bro. It's too much. The circus, I can't. <laughs> I can't quiet the circus. It's like we all we all have that, but only good can come of it. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that, that I have a 116 problems, um, and I think I would probably have a lot more if I didn't meditate. But, yeah, I mean... I, I think that, I mean, I have so many problems. Um, still single, 200 years old. Oh, wow. wow. Not, cu not cute anymore. Are you on wow. Tinder? No. Oh, you got to download the apps. Did you ever have any Swipe relationships, right. you know, on Entourage? Ah, there we go. Did you ever, were you ever crushing any on anybody on Entourage? Did you ever hook up with anybody? You don't have to name names no. um, from the cast. No, I mean, that's my friend, my buddy, Perry Reeves, who played Mrs. Ari. Uh, uh, I had a crush on her before we did Entourage. She's beautiful. Old yeah. school, right? Uh, no, before we did Old School. Before, Yeah, we did Old School just before Entourage. That's a good call. But even before that, we were, we were yoga partners, but she had a crush on David Duchovny and not me. Ah, yeah, he's so hard. He's, he's hot. He's yeah, definitely he's a, a hot guy. guy. Yeah, 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 good for him. Guy. I was probably too yeah. Jewy for her. <laughs> right. This is before. He's, isn't he Jew Jewish too? Cool. <laughs> he's, he's Jewish too, isn't he? Duchovny? No, no, I don't no, think so. No. I think he's a tall yeah. drink of. Yeah, know, he definitely doesn't look he's it. A, he's a waspy he motherfucker. No, you know? he was <laughs> like, you know, he's probably homecoming king, yeah. you know, probably played, you know, a defensive back at, in Harvard or something like that. Yeah. He's yeah, yeah, it'd be hard to compete definitely with that. Had, yeah. And he's rich. I mean, yeah. you do all right, but I he's at what, two different syndi syndicated yeah. shows? He's mega rich. He's Yeah. Oh he's, yeah, X Files plus Californication. Yeah, good God. He is. Wow, why don't you slurp on an uh, a guy who's not on the show oh, a little more? Come right here, now, dude. David. Let me have you in my bed. I'd go gay for him, that's for sure. Uh what about Depends I'm if he's, not, depends if he's got a role. Quit looking, at, <laughs> quit looking at me like I'm gay, dude. Leave not, that one I, hanging. I, I think we just want to let it sit. Hey. Ari, do you have any problems hey, that I, we can help you I with? Get, what about... <laughs> <laughs> well, I do want to address your problem. What about going to another country and finding maybe a foreign babe that doesn't know who you are? I feel like you're just... You're in LA. You're meeting the wrong people. I First of all... I know you're kind of saying that tongue-in-cheek, but you're absolutely right. No, no, I'm not. Because the the people that I've connected with the most, to be honest with you, yeah, have no clue about me. Because I always forget that, which is, you know, so stupid of me, that people, you know, may have a misconception about me. Um, and... So you're absolutely right. So I mean, I think a, a civilian, a civilian from maybe an Israeli... Uh, but no one's really as oh. civilians because they've all been. Yeah, they're all. No <laughs> exactly. I don't want to talk shit about <laughs> Israelis, but Israelis have more pride than Americans in the worst way. Like, you know, American pride. The USA is number one. Yeah. Israel has that times 10. I don't like it. I don't like Israel. Don't do women. that to your people. Yeah, we can don't go do down that. the rabbit hole. On don't I'm do Jewish. That, I'm not Israeli. Mossad is literally going to be waiting for us as soon <laughs> yeah. as we leave. Here. Yeah. I just think me and you should go on a boys' trip to China. And bring back China. Chinese wives. China, Chinese women. China. They're they're loyal. They yeah, okay. they treat you like a man. They yeah. they're just they're they're kind. They yeah. have culture. 
That's I don't my think sister is Jew, Chinese. Jews love Chinese Hang women. On. My sister's Chinese, so we don't even have to go to China. We can oh. go to Canada. I'll bring okay. her back. We'll see what you guys, you know, and she's we, big we, into power and money. We, yeah, we've taken she's a low really, really weird turn, you guys. He's offering up his sister. You want to go to China? <laughs> I just think, I, I, I don't know. David Duchovny. I just yeah, think we, we should go on a boys trip to China, bring David, yeah. and just meet our wives, meet our future wives. I Let's just workshop see some down, other plans, actually. but I don't okay. think you can Babe Ruth a, a life partner. You can't just point to, like, this country. This is going to be right for me. I, I what hear country, what you're, you're saying. A different country is what you're, the issue is. I don't know. I, I just think you it, wanted Israel. I guess. Yeah. I don't know. I'm just. I'm just guessing. All right. All right. Um, okay. Last thing. Last two things. We're going to play. I haven't screened these, so if there's any negativity, I'm cutting it out. But I'm going to play a couple voicemails. Okay. This work is weird. Yeah. Hey, it's Larry, big fan. Just oh, wondering. Big fan of me. I've been seeing a girl from Canada for about a month now. Um, do you think I should consider a long-term relationship, or should I uh, end things before they get too serious? I mean, you gave us no... That was a terrible, that terrible was, I call I have in. no idea yeah, well, no. anything about your relationship with her. Anything you said from Canada, does that mean she, does she still live there? Is she here? Yeah, I mean, Canadians, it uh, just sums up Canadians, though. Uh, a bore, a crushing bore. But the fact that you're even calling and asking if you should be with her, no, you shouldn't. If yeah. you need to call yeah, and ask, if you need to call and no. ask, no shit. End it. End it right now. Fuck that. Do you not have a better question for the great Jeremy Piven? Oh, I'm playing another one. Wow. Horrible. We need, Come yeah, on. this one's for uh, Jeremy Piven. Um, I have a cousin. This isn't me, seriously. Who is convinced? She had AOL and some messenger. Who was that? Born a woman, and um, I'm, I'm told her. I'm pretty sure you're a guy. Okay. Um, so far, she hasn't come out and says you're a reptilian. All right, I'm gonna end ending I'm this one right, this right here. Crazy no, but no. She, but here's the better question, though. It's, it's a good. It's a. It's a great question. Are you a woman or reptilian? Tell well, us the truth. I, you know, don't beat around it. I would work more if I was either. I, I was gonna say. I was gonna say we could get that show going. Finally, get that show on. If you, you know, cut off that that wiener. Yeah, absolutely. I really like reptiles. If you are reptilian, and these are good questions. Yeah. Though. Okay. Well, next one. Hi. Disregard those two messages from Elise from Connecticut. Mm. I just want to. This say has got to be a bit. I am disabled. Oh, maybe. Not. Who the fuck are your listeners? Five years at the VA hospital the government, and I just want to say I love Jeremy Pivot. He's an That's awesome it. actor, oh. and she'd get married. I so should my, get married. She's absolutely right. Does she mm. want to marry percent. A thousand percent. So, so obviously, this is on people's minds, not just yours. I guess it's uh, why is Jeremy Piven not settled down? Have you ever been married? Never. Uh, longest relationship? Almost two months. <laughs> yeah, no, no, that's no. a long time to be dating someone, though. No, um, yeah, man, we you can't obviously beat yourself up and judge yourself. There's nobody wins when when you do that. I had no, this wasn't premeditated. I, I wasn't like, yeah, I want to be 74 years old, and <laughs> still single at all. You look great. Thank yeah. you, man. I appreciate yeah. it for 74. Um, I think. I think part of the problem is that as an actor. And he, by, that, by the way, that's such a pretentious, as an actor, as a serial killer, as no one, you know what I mean? It's a weird sentence. Um, you, the idea of turning down good work is like sacrilegious, you know what I mean? So especially being from a theater family and mm -hmm. all that kind of stuff. So I think I probably 
was a slave to my ambition. And that's not an excuse. It's just, it just, where's the next job, next job, next job. Mm -hmm. And you look up it. and you're like, yeah. what the fuck just happened? Yeah. Um, so yeah, uh, I, I have had my heart broken. I've, you know, I've broken hearts. I've done the wrong thing. Um, you know, so I'm, uh, I got a great family and great examples of how to do it right. Right. And so I didn't want to do it wrong. Mm -hmm. And um, so, yeah. You'll here, find here we are. You're gonna hey, yeah. my question was for Jeremy Piven. Mm. Uh, I was just wondering what it was like preparing for your role as Danger Diamalo in the Spy Kids movie and uh, what the craziest thing you've ever done was. Right, Honestly, you. I watched Spy Kids when I was a kid. I loved that movie because I wanted yeah. to be a spy. Right. Who did? As a kid, it was a dope movie. I mean, I haven't watched. It. I imagine if I rewatched it as an adult, it would be too childish for me. Oh. I imagine. I haven't. But good question. The Let's start with the craziest thing you've ever done, because I'm sure you're going to say that on the pod. <laughs> <laughs> the craziest thing. Been in Spy that. Kids. That was the craziest <laughs> thing you ever did. You were, now, no, the I'm crazy, trying to remember. You were a villain in Spy Kids. I, I played five different characters in that. Yeah, so literally that, in the same movie. You were yeah, five. Different? Yeah. Wow. wow. Yeah. Um, Robert Rodriguez is 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 amazing. He's he lives in Austin and just creates everything from there. And just it's a, he's brilliant. And he wanted me. I remember I had auditioned to play the villain in the first one, and he kind of remembered me and brought me back. So I was playing all these different characters, and it was just so fun um, just to, to kick it around with them. And I brought my nieces because I was trying to impress them because they don't know what Uncle Jeremy does. And I was with Pearl. You remember Pearl? She broke the internet with Will Ferrell in— Oh, yes. She, the baby. In, yeah, the baby oh. Pearl. Give me my money, bitch. Yeah, right. I'm not a bitch. I'm a grown man. So she started at 85 million hits. <laughs> so, you know, there's a problem. There's a problem there. And I don't like her, and I'll tell you why. <laughs> because, I mean, like, I'm trying to impress her, and she just looks at me during the movie and goes, you're playing multiple characters. And I said, yeah, and that was it. That's all she ever said to me. So um, she was a little bit of a snoot. Yeah, she is. She, she's better than us, and, and it bothers me. She, I tried to, I am, I, I've stopped trying to impress her, but, <laughs> but the last thing I did was I know that she's a, a fan of Jamie Foxx. So I said, you know, Jamie's having a Christmas party, and she goes, you know Jamie Foxx? I said, yeah. So I took her and her little friend Ava to Jamie Foxx's house, wow. right? And, you know, we get to the front door and, you know, he lives in the middle of nowhere. It's like an hour and 15 to get to him. It's in the rain. We get there and she we're at Jamie's door. And she goes, is he going to be awkward the way you are? <laughs> wow. I don't like her either. Based Dude, on this story. Talk about jaded. Talk about ungrateful. <laughs> So That's kids, dude. So would you say she's your biggest rival in the theater world, in the acting world? You know, I, I think that she knows that she's got me. You know what I mean? And um, <laughs> and no, she's 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 amazing, and and my sister is an incredible family, and my sister's married to the great Adam McKay. Oh, I didn't know yes. that. Oh, no I love shit. Adam McKay. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I don't know him, but I love his yeah, work. He's yeah, in, he's incredible. Yeah. So you know, your parents are these incredibly creative prolific people and it's probably just not easy i don't know yeah i mean it's just there to if kids like us like if we were kids and we got to be exposed to all this like crazy cool show business stuff that's wild to us but you know it's normal if you grow up around it well and then it not only is it normal but you know her father just won the academy award for writing and directing the big short and i was with them and i was like your dad just won the academy award she's like yeah they said they promised us a pool why isn't there a pool <laughs> i was like no you don't understand they just didn't 
you know, it's, you can't, um, I don't know. We don't know what it's like mm-hmm. to have your parents uh, be that He's, you know, I think that just goes genius. to show yeah. you you cannot raise your kids in Los Angeles, and that's also for you since you don't have a family yet of your own, but you're working on it. Yeah, you got to raise your kids outside of LA. Absolutely, you don't want an LA little. A lot of actors brat. are leaving. A lot of a lot of people with money are leaving LA. It's not a bad. Yeah, it's not a bad go look. You know? or something. Let's go to Austin. Final question of yeah. the show. Biggest. I don't want to say regret or failure story, but maybe an audition that you flubbed at the time. That at the end of the day, it doesn't matter. You're very accomplished. You've done all your wildest dreams have come true. But what's in the moment of your career, something that happened to you where you're like, man, I fucked that up. I'm an idiot. You have to understand, I, I've been auditioning my whole life and, and I've had so many auditions. Sure. And you've been rejected a million, a million times. A million at, times. But was there one where maybe you were really close or maybe you did something where you're like, I should not have done that? I was auditioning for something. One that hurt at the time. Um, here's one that really hurt. Uh, I I went in. It was for a war movie, and my character's like prisoner of war and in, in a train and and you know telling him about his experience. And I walked in, and the casting director goes, "I'm sorry, Jeremy. Is that mold on your jacket?" And I was like, "Oh, and this no. This is an actual." World War II jacket, so I wanted to kind of bring it. And she goes, can I tell you about mold? I go, no, please no. And so she began a story about mold, which lasted my entire adult life. And, you know, so I'm just sitting there and I'm just trying to, you know, you're just listening and nodding and like, you know, I'm not... I, I'm not the best. There's some actors that have photographic memory. I don't. So I've got to really work at this. So I'm just going over my monologue in my head because you're just getting ready to, you know, hopefully crush it. And so... She finally goes, okay, how about that scene? And so I go and I put my foot up against the wall and the light goes on above my head. And I was like, oh, okay, that happened. And I look up and she's laughing so hard that the camera's jiggling. And she's like, the light. (laughs) And I'm going, what? And so I was viciously mediocre and didn't get the job. Anyway, long story short, I got a second opportunity. I remember the director said, listen. Was it a callback or just a different... This isn't a callback. I didn't, I didn't get a callback. Yeah, I'll yeah. be totally honest with you. I knew the casting director. Right. He he knew and, he was a fan. And like, hey. not a f- maybe a fan. I've yeah. been cast out of there before, but I was like, can I get another crack at it? So I get another crack. And I remember the director at the time said, if the emotion comes, let it come. Don't force it, but keep the pace of the of the monologue. Got it. Great note. Thank you. So I went in and my first take, I do it and I got lucky. I'm not a first take guy. I'm usually whatever. But I got lucky and I I hit it and I kept the pace and whatever. And the casting director goes, let's go again without the bullshit. (laughs) And and for those of you at home, I'm pointing to my face crying and the tears, she said, were bullshit. And you have two choices in that moment to either be a slave to your reactive ego (laughs) and explain that you are a real actor and and how dare you blah, blah blah or to take a breath and take that moment because if you do take that moment you go back in again and can kind of t- make an adjustment you might get the role and get a shot you know um and i didn't get the role um what movie was this for would we know I, it i i i'm i'm not going to tell you oh. Out of self-preservation. <laughs> okay. It was a big this one, This is a big man. movie, sounds a, like. Yeah. 
Um, but my 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 point is, I didn't get that, but I've gotten others, mm. and I um, that's one of those moments where you're just kind of tested. You know, like you you do you execute something you feel great about, and someone you know shits all over it. Yeah, you feeling you're like, wow, I did it, and she's like. Do it again without the bullshit. And you're like, oh my gosh. But my father, you know, was my was my director, my teacher my whole life as, a, as an actor. And, you know, he would demand. I remember him saying to me one time, there's one actor in this room and you ain't it. You want to try that again? Oh, and you know what I love. mean? Yeah. yeah, tough love. And and he just wanted me to get better. And he wanted me, this was in rehearsal. He wanted me to progress every rehearsal. So it's all part of it. You're used to rejection. They all hurt. Um, but once I realized that I, I was I was a little too desperate to get the roles early on, you know, just because I really wanted to work and I love working. I, I was on the stage and so I just wanted to keep working. And once I got rid of that desperation and just really understood the mindset that you work as hard as you can, you're, is, you know, like Shakespeare says, this is so pretentious. As Shakespeare says, the readiness is all. Mm -hmm. So if you're ready... And you can go in there and do the best you can. That's it, man. You won. And he, that, he, so that's your job. And the job is done. And if you get the call, it's a miracle and whatever. So once I got that and I was like, okay, thank you guys. And they're like, hold on, hold on, wait a minute. So the desperation was gone. Because no matter how good you are, if the desperation is still there, they don't want to be no, a part of it. No, it's an unattractive quality to be desperate in any yeah. facet of life. Well, will you guys have me back again? <laughs> We'd love <laughs> like, to. What please. about tomorrow? <laughs> tomorrow, yeah, what course. are you doing? Yeah. Quite literally. I think we yeah, I'll go to, to China you. with you. Let's yeah. go, man. Like, to your sister, your sister. Yeah. Well, my sister will translate. <laughs> that would be amazing, bro. Jeremy. Thank you. That JP. was awesome. Yeah, I had a great time. JP, Me this too. was an incredible uh, interview. Thank you for all the stories you shared. Thank you guys God, for having me. God bless you and your future. Can I Chinese say how wife? you live in Jay Piven? It will be my podcast. And I'm going to be mm -hmm. doing this. What are the Vegas odds you'll keep that in? Be honest. Oh, I'm leaving it in. The yeah, part, house part, always wins. Dude, so it's going to be. You know, we'll talk off camera. The oh, fact shit. that you did my shitty podcast, you could plug anything you want. Check out him on doing stage on stand-up. Watch him grow as a comedian. Check out his new podcast. And I'm telling you, his guests make, you know, it's already, it's probably already a bigger podcast than this one. If it isn't, it's going to be because you have rappers, you have billionaires, you have actors, you got it all. His his network of, of guests is insane. I actually just interviewed the guy that played Terrence, who was my kind of nemesis on Entourage, Malcolm McDowell. Uh, Clockwork Orange. Clockwork Orange. Wow. I just sat with him, and it was the, the first time, I don't know if you guys have, I, I, he and I, the rivalry was real. And we had many moments where I revealed to him the fact that I hated him. And it, it's it, and it's authentic and it's real. How? Why? Why would it? Well, be because I I had misunderstood what he was doing. He was, and you'll see it in the podcast. But it, it gets real. Wow! And it was cathartic. And look at. I don't know how to do podcasts, so it almost got too real. Like, mm. usually podcasts are like-minded people <laughs> theorizing about, you know, right. various things. This was like two guys that genuinely, they just revealed everything, and it was— it That was, makes for great radio, though. It was pretty intense. It was real. Was it like you guys, when you were acting together, Correct. you guys would be trying to steal the scene? You'd both be trying to, like— It's, it's not about stealing the scene. It's about— doing the best version of whatever that scene is. And um, he, 
supposedly, according to him, was he was doing these things to me to make me furious at him. Okay? So that's what he revealed to me. He was why he was, though, he wanted because to, you played to bring rivals, Ari out to because, bring yeah, correct to bring that out of but, you. But Ari was already out. <laughs> you're right? like, am I'm I right? You're like, I'm a thespian. I don't need that. You didn't need to bring it to the real right. world. You're like Malcolm. No offense, I'm fucking fourth build, bitch. <laughs> we don't even see you every episode, you old fuck. Well, the rivalry between us is over, and I want you to know that. Listen, I didn't even know that there was a rivalry. Yeah, it's over now. We're did, good. did you have? We're yeah, good. Do you have some? Did you no, have I've some? Met you. I've never met you before. But, but you <laughs> had it. You had a preconceived notion. No, I honestly like. I've heard. I've heard mixed things about you. I've heard. Mm. Oh, he's great. He's he's really good stand up for how long he's been doing it. And I've heard he's a douchebag. But I've. But everyone who says you're a douchebag, I've I've asked. I'd be like, what did he do that he's a douchebag? And they're like, come look at him. Look at the hat he wears. <laughs> and I'm like, well, okay, he has a lame hat, but that doesn't make him a douchebag. Like, come on, give me something. No one could give me anything real. So. Yeah. Far I'm concerned. Good guy. I love honesty. I'm our beef I, is real and it is enduring. Yeah. Our our beef? That's right. It's not it didn't end today. Didn't end it's today. Still I thought it would. It didn't end. Right on, man. I well, can't help it, man. Okay. But you're Canadian, right? No, I'm I'm half Canadian. Okay. I'm from Portland. Oh, gross. I but it's had Portland is pussy like uh like Canada. You know what I mean? You're supposed to be more open minded. No, I mean I am, dude. No, I'm a huge I'm a huge fan. And actually I've heard quite the opposite i've heard basically all good things about you right on yeah so we're happy to have you here today and uh this has been great man thank you for doing you know, i live down the street i'll just i'll you know co-host when you guys need it we'll love that Dude, i'm gonna yeah, send it to earl, earl skakel and ah. i'm gonna try that's my next goal is to mend that relation mend you guys you and earl why not man why not stranger things have happened in yeah, this world i think it could happen you're both good guys so i'm gonna make it happen yeah that would be that'd be a great interview if and we could it would, have, it get earl in fun. here because yeah. earl's actually a great dude uh, he's a little, we'll call him a little, um, what's the word where you Bitter. Maybe you he's a little bitter. Yeah, and just he's, doesn't. He's been around a long time. Yeah, he he yeah. feel like he he hasn't gotten what he deserves. Maybe he hasn't, maybe he has. I don't right. know. He but, could put his ego aside. You know what I mean? You could probably teach him something about putting ego aside. You, you can't lose when that happens. You only win. Yeah, that's very true. Yeah. That's very true. Thanks again for thank, doing the podcast. Yeah. Thank you, guys. We'll see you guys next week. JP. Peace out. You're listening to you listening to unlicensed 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 therapy with Ari Manis. we go another episode of unlicensed therapy tune in next week we will have on gareth reynolds to the show also this week is my apartment comedy festival it's this is coming out late wednesday so you might still have time to get tickets for thursday and friday if you're in the los angeles area 
would like the whole thing to sell out so far it will i think it, i think it's going to without this ad read right here but if you're in la come to ari's apartment comedy festival go to arimanis.com for details as well as you can see my upcoming tour dates and i got some and i got t-shirts for sale on the website what else that's it follow me on everything leave an apple podcast review and thank you for watching we'll see you next week